Good morning. Oh, you can hear me now. <laughs> it's a great privilege to be with you here this morning. Um, we are so looking forward to this, leaving my church now. <laughs> Just coming here and being with you on this uh, great day, this Mother's Day. And um, we uh, today we're going to celebrate Mother's Day with my mother. Um, I don't think, I can't remember since I was adult when I celebrated Mother's Day with my mother. So this is kind of a special day and stuff. Um, but uh, so we're really happy for that. And uh, I have two of my daughters with us today. They're not here right at the moment, um, but they'll be with us for, for this afternoon. So this is a great time for our family. Um, Today I wanted to show you a little bit of what we do in Brazil and what you have supported in our work there. I have a little video, but before I, we show this little video, I'd just like to introduce a little bit about it because there will be no talking in this video. There will be some writing on it, but um, there will be no talking. So it's a little six-minute video, but um, it shows a little bit in the beginning of our first church plant in Brazil, uh, just in a couple slides of the church in Vitória that we planted. And then we went 1,200 miles to the west and planted another church called Campo Grande. shows a little bit of that. And then it goes back to where we are today, about 10 hours from Campo Grande, to Maringá, where we have planted the third church, where we are pastoring today. And along with that work, we are also um, teaching at our seminary, which is about 50 miles away, and working with uh, the Bibles, with our Bible camp there, and also with uh, the um, Miriam Infant Home. I don't really do too much with the Miriam Infant Home, praise God. You know, we have great staff in Brazil for all these ministries. And um, Johnny Sliver is a missionary that kind of works more with them. She also teaches in the Bible school. And, um, and now John Lee has come to join us, and he'll be working mostly with the seminary and Bible school. But I'm involved in, in these four ministries. It seems like every one of our pastors has four jobs in Brazil. And so we just want to show you a little bit of what we've been doing over the years. Okay, could you show that?
So, a lot was going on till 2021. <laughs> um, last year, even um, at 2020 camp, in the beginning of the year, just before COVID, or just before they locked us all down, we had over 300 kids at camp. It was a great camp. And then when they locked us down, we did a lot of work because we didn't have camp. We did, we could do some construction. We had saved up some money for it, so we finished the roof on the cafeteria. So it was a good year. But now, of course, no camps and no money. <laughs> but we, we continue to move ahead. Um, like you and like the rest of the world, we had to go live stream on our programs. We are still doing that in Brazil. I will watch our service tonight there. Um, but um, for me, that was kind of a new thing. I'm not really one to, to be into technology a whole lot and to, to you know, um, I'm not one really that likes to be on TV or whatever. I'm not a TV evangelist. So it was kind of a new thing for me. But now we have the live streaming. We have a podcast every week. Tamba has a women's Bible study every day and stuff on on Internet through with our personal group, you know, our women in our city and and many others um, that have joined, like women from other churches that we have served and women from other cities. And so it's been a kind of a fun experience, Um, a lot of even non-believers on it and stuff. And so it's been a very effective ministry. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about... um, the message, Under the Sun's Beam, is kind of a play with words. It doesn't work in Portuguese, but it works in English. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we, and, and based on this Bible verse that the Lord um, has impressed upon my heart a lot lately, um, John 3:21, And it says, But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his works may be revealed that they exist having been worked in God. And uh, the idea of um, working, doing things, serving the Lord in a way that everybody sees that your life is different, that your walk is different. You don't care to keep yourself hidden. You don't care to keep yourself contained. You want to be out there so that people can see what God is doing and that He can be glorified in those things that you are doing for Him. Let us pray and ask the Lord's blessing on this message. Dear God and Heavenly Father, I just praise You for Your Word and I praise You for who You are. For the loving God that you are and for the fact that you have chosen us to be your people, Lord. And we pray that you would uh, help us to understand things of your word so that we might propagate your gospel around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, the word of God says in John 14, and we, we saw also in First John, John 1, that Jesus is the truth and Jesus is light. Truth and light. And those of us that are his children should also be truth and light. And as we walk with him and walk under his light, we should be reflecting um, this this um, fact that we are um, the children of light. We are the children of truth. And um, our walk should match our talk. You know, there's always that expression, you know, that I can't hear your talk because your walk is contrary to your talk and stuff. And so your walk talks louder than your 
your talk? Well, it shouldn't be that way with Christians. Our walk should be our talk. I have the privilege today of being, and I, and I notice that this is kind of happening in my ministry. Uh, you know, you're always kind of figuring out what is really, what is your gift? What is your ministry? You know, what, what are you doing? And stuff. And I come to realize that the, my major gift is discipling, making disciples. That's what God has, has gifted me to do. And uh, I do it in many ways. I do it with my laymen and my, my people in my church. Um, and I do it with my students. I have the privilege as a seminary professor to not only teach my students in class, but to work with them on the campus and in different activities, different things during the day. So it's kind of cool. I go to Kapamodong for about uh, two days each week during the school semester. I do it all year, but because there I, we have the seminary, the camp, and I'm the director and president of the camp and, and everything. So there's a lot of things to do there. So my time is a little bit divided between my church and that. But when I'm there... I spend one day kind of studying for my classes, and the other day I work with the students. And so I'm not only their teacher in the classroom, but I spend a whole day working with them, you know, a whole day walking with them and stuff. So they, and, and when we're working together, it's a lot of fun because you get to talk about a lot of things, you do a lot of things, you joke around, and you have a good time and stuff. And they can see that... Um, I'm coherent with the things that I'm teaching. So I'm teaching as much out of class with them as I'm teaching in class. And uh, that has led many of them to consider me their mentor, which I think is kind of crazy. But, um, you know, that's a, they, they talk about one, one group even called me, um, they gave me a name and called me Barnabas, you know, one who walked, walks alongside. And these are exciting things because um, that's how you disciple, you know. We see in the Bible that um, all the leaders had their disciples. Jesus had his disciples, but John uh, the Baptist had his disciples. The Apostle Paul had his disciples. And one thing that Paul said as to his people that he, you know, worked with or worked do is be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I'm a Christian. That's a really strong statement. You know, can we say that? You know, if you want to walk Christ-like, just imitate me. That's pretty powerful. And so it causes us to to see things and you know, to look at things differently and to try to be a good example as we share the gospel with people. Um, so walking in the light. I... I have two experiences in in my life that were very interesting about walking in the light. One time when I was a boy, I went with my dad to one of the towns um, where we were planting a church, where he was planting a church there with Conley and, and George Knapp. And we went to a Bible study. And at that time, it was still a lot of jungle because our part of the world has developed a lot in the last um, 50, 60 years. But prior to that, it was like the Amazon jungle. You know, it was really a jungle. And um, we had to go from one little farm in the jungle to another little farm for a Bible study at night. And um, they had just a little lantern that they would carry high, as high as they could hold it, so that we could see the way through the woods. And as you're going through the woods, 
um, you could hear the monkeys and everything, and it was kind of an uh, interesting experience um, doing that. And that little lamb, you know, couldn't see much, but it helped a lot. Because I don't know how, how they would find their way around. They probably could do it with their eyes closed, but I certainly would have gotten lost quickly. And then coming back from there... Driving through these little roads in the jungle. Now, I'm, I'm young, so, you know, I'm very impressed. I'm the kind of boy that, you know, when you come to the top of the hill in the car, I think the car is going to fall off the hill, you know. I, I have a really fertile imagination about these crazy things. And so, Dad was driving through these little roads in the middle of the jungle, you know, just zoom in. Dad drive always pretty fast. And the lights of the car, you know, it's kind of like a video game where you're driving and all these things are popping up and stuff and everything. And that was really amazing. But if it weren't for those lights, we would be in big trouble. And then, of course, um, when I lived in Sao Paulo as a young man, Sao Paulo is a very large metropolitan area, city like New York, or, you know, it's really like New York and stuff. It's... um has like 28 million people in the metropolitan area and I lived right in the center of the city and I worked in the center of the city and um, sometimes I'd work till late at night and I was, I was a designer and stuff a draftsman or not a draftsman I, I designed record jackets and book covers and stuff so I'd, get, I'd work at night because then I could get more work done otherwise in the daytime I was with a lot of clients and when I'd get out of work sometimes about 2 or 3 in the morning and go home I would sometimes I would usually walk oh, all the time I'd walk actually where there was more light you know the streets that were well lit because that area was full of, you know, pickpocket, you know, thieves and and prostitutes and all sorts of things. And so if you didn't walk where it was really lit, you could get into a lot of trouble. And I could go maybe like two blocks cut across to my house, my apartment. But I said I'd make like a four or five block walk around to walk in the lidded area so that I would be more protected. And walking under the light is a very good thing. And we want to walk under the light. There are three things that the Apostle Paul shares with the Corinthians that should reflect in us the light of Christ. Three things. And in our days in which we live, this is very, very important because we live in some very different times. People are asking, when is it going to get normal again? I don't know. Here you guys are a little freer than we are in Brazil. But but there, if we don't wear masks in the church and have the distancing or whatever, and somebody comes in from the government, we can take get a fine, like, like you know, something like, you know, five, six, seven thousand dollars or more fine for not having that um, people with masks and, and the distancing and everything else. If you do it on the street, if you don't walk with a mask on the street, you can get fined really, really big time and stuff. And so, you know, through the oppression of government, they're forcing people to to do a lot of things. And we're just praying that things would get lifted. But, you know, governments have, have not known how to deal with this very well. And so it's very confusing in our day. And um, with all this happening, I get asked a lot of questions about, is this the end of times? Is this the end of times, you know? Is, is this, you know, the, the yellow horse coming out of the, you know, the apocalypse or whatever and stuff? I don't know if it's quite that yet, but it certainly is the beginning 
And it's always been the beginning of the end of times, right? But anyway, as we walk in these times, there are some things that God wants us to do. And then Paul reflects this well. We see it in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, that talks about, um, you know, the love, hope, or faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these. These are spiritual gifts that God gives to His people. The greatest gifts. And we want to um, exercise those gifts now, especially. We need to exercise those gifts. The first one is faith. Faith, you know. Um, this is a time when faith dwindles. When people lose their faith, you know, why has God allowed this to happen? Or why has God sent this coronavirus, you know? Is God behind all this? I don't believe God is behind it at all, but I believe that He has allowed it for a purpose and stuff. But we have to exercise faith. We have to trust in God first, you know. Trust that He is in control of the universe. You know, we have to trust in the promises of His words. He has said, um, I will never leave you nor forsake you, and I will be with you till the end of the age. That's promises of God. He's always going to be there for us, so we need to trust Him and stuff. We need to trust um, God's gift to us in the person of Jesus Christ, and we need to trust the gifts that He gives us to um, have faith, the gift of faith, you know. We need to trust Him for that. And we need to ask Him for that gift. We need to, to share that gift because we're living in a time when people are losing their faith, you know. And they're losing faith in things. They're losing faith in, in everything in this life. And uh, they're, they're feeling so hopeless, you know. We see um, this. We have a lady in our church. She hasn't come to church now for about... I don't know, two months. And she's sick, pretty much sick in bed. But she's sick in bed because of her mind. You know, the the news and everything has gotten her so depressed that, you know, first she thought she was with COVID. Um, she Her neighbor got COVID. And Tamba was there that day. Her neighbor had COVID. They, all the ladies were sitting on, on the sidewalk talking and everything and this neighbor lady was with COVID and her little grandkids were with COVID and they were t- playing with the grandkids and then, you know, so after that all the ladies thought, oh, do we have COVID now? And this lady in particular really thought, but she did two exams and she had no COVID. And, you know, and then she did other exams and she has nothing. She has no problems at all, but she's just so, you know, wiped out in her mind. That she sits there in her house and she's scared to go to church and she's scared to go walking with the ladies and she's scared to do everything. And she's not alone. We have seen so many, so many people with these problems. And um, one person says, well, you want to get, uh, you want to deal with COVID, turn off the TV, you know, and stuff. Really, it's, it's been a thing. But people are, are afraid. People are scared. I can't say that I'm not, you know, but I'm trying to exercise faith here, you know, um, and stuff. Because we need to exercise faith. We need to go beyond this and trust in the Lord. Trust in the, you know, we're trusting in me. And I was having a discussion with one of my friends in Brazil. And um, I haven't taken the vaccine yet. I don't know if I will. I really don't kind of don't want to. 
But, you know, everybody's taking it, and my age finally came, and so I was supposed to go and take the vaccine, and I thought, nah, not yet. I'm not ready for this yet, and so I'm scared of that vaccine. I'm scared of needles. No, I'm not really scared of them, but, um, you know, I just felt, and and um, this is kind of awkward in, in, in our country, you know, to, to not do this, and a person said, you know, Aren't you risking a lot and stuff um, by not doing this? And I says, well, you see, I'm trying to trust in God the way he made me. I'm trying to trust in God. And to to think that I need to take the vaccine is to mean that I need to trust in man, you know. And um, now I don't distrust men, and I don't think men are trying to do evil all the time. But I want to trust in God. I really want to trust in God. And uh, so I'm learning this and stuff. Now, it might be that I might have to take it someday, but uh, not not yet. God has been good to me. He's been watching over me. And we've done a lot of things and been a lot of places and, and seen a lot of people. And God has protected us. And I pray that he continues to protect us. I pray for that every day. But I want to exercise a little bit of faith in God. I know how he has made me. I know that I'm wonderfully made. And so I, you know, I'm looking to trusting in him in some of these things. Um, I'm not against the vaccine, but uh, at the same time, you know, I, I just am learning to trust in God in these things. Um, now is the time that we must trust in God. Now is the time that we must trust in God, and we must show the world that we trust in God. We must have faith in Him. Um, Paul um, wrote, uh, no, the, not Paul, but it, there's a story in the New Testament, and I like this story very much. Um, there was a man that had a demon-possessed child, and uh, this this demon in this child would just raise havoc with this this. This child, he would, you know, throw him on the ground. He'd throw him against the wall. He would do all sorts of things. He would cut him and everything. And uh, this father was so, this is in Mark 9, the father was so worried about this. You know, he wanted to to find a, a way to heal his child. And he had done everything he could. He'd gone to doctors. He had gone to the heads of the temple. He had gone and now he had come to the disciples. And they couldn't cast out this demon. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And um, and uh, Jesus says to him, just reading here, um, how often has this... Um, how often has this demon been doing this? You know, how often has this boy been having this problem? He says, for many, many years and stuff. And... Um, and it goes on to say, And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So he says to Jesus, If you can do something, have compassion on us and help us. Um, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said in tears, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. That's where we are so many times. We don't have faith. We say we have faith. We're looking that we have faith. 
but we lack faith. And we need to recognize that God is all-powerful, almighty. He is our Heavenly Father who loves us. But, you know, we need to learn to trust Him. And he, He will take care of us. He will help us through our struggles in life. So, the first thing that we really need to do, and we need to ask for this great gift, is the gift of faith. And we need to live this faith so that the world will see that we really truly have this faith, so that the world will start considering God and looking to God to the answers of their problems in their life. The second thing is hope. God wants us to have hope. The only problem with this column is the clock. (laughs) God wants us to have hope. So um, I have this student in my class, Giovanni. He one day said, Pastor, I'm going to be miserable all my life. And I says, why is that? He says, well, I had a miserable childhood, and now I'm here in seminary saying I'm going to be a pastor, and I have to deal with all these people and stuff, and so my life is always going to be miserable. (laughs) I said, you can't think that way. I mean, what the greatest privilege in the world is to help people, you know, and stuff. If God has called you into the ministry, it's to be a blessing, you know. Who wants to follow a person that has no hope? (laughs) And, you know, who wants to follow a hopeless person? (laughs) You know, and this is, you know, it, it really took me by surprise. But knowing this guy, I guess it's not so surprising. But, um, you know, so many Christians are like that. They don't display hope. And we have to have this hope. We have the hope that God is present. We have the hope that God is in control of all things. We have the hope that God, that Christ is going to return and put all this thing, all everything in order. We have the hope that we are going to someday live in the holy city. And I'm really looking forward to that, you know. I'm looking forward, you know, if you like Star Wars, well, man, this is nothing like Star Wars. It's far, far better. You know, you're going to go to all over the universe and live in that holy city and and just enjoy things and and stuff uh, one of the people that have most got me excited about the holy city was is uh, johnny erickson tata who says you know she's gonna she's paralyzed now but she's gonna have legs and she's gonna run up all those stairs of that 1,500 mile, you know, high city, or 1,500 mile wide city, or 1,500 mile long city. She's going to run all over that place. And I thought, isn't that great to be able to look to that with that kind of hope? Um, I'm running out of time here. But, um, so, we need to have that hope. And um, we also need to have love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, said Jackie um, DeShannon back in 1965 when she wrote the song, What the World Needs Love is Love, is is, uh, Love, Sweet Love. It's the only thing, you know, that um, we lack and stuff. And, you know, it's so true. Today we're at war with um, everything, you know. We're, we're divided by politics, we're divided by religion, we're divided by eth- ethnicity, I can't say that word. And we're divided by morality. All these things divide us, you know. And um, 
The Bible says, Paul said to Paul, I mean to Timothy, Know in these times, in the last days, grievous times will be at hand. For men will be self-lovers, lover of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and so and so and so and so. All these things that men are today. And God doesn't want us to be that way. But we live in that world. And that's why we have all the problems that we have and stuff. This doesn't mean then that by uh, loving people that we are to give up, which I see a lot of Christians doing, giving up their convictions, giving up their beliefs, giving up what they are in Christ to cater to the world, to try to reach the world. That isn't what God wants because that won't reach the world. That Because the world knows no true love. The true love comes from the Father, comes from God. It's kind of like the light. There's no true light either. We got a song the other day from a lady, Christian lady. It was a beautiful light, song about letting your light shine, but it was a Buddhist song. You know, this Christian lady sent us a Buddhist song. And so she thought it was a nice Christian song, but it was a Buddhist song. Because the world talks about light, but it's always inner light. But you know, if you don't have the light of Christ, you're not going to have the inner light. If you don't have the love of God, you're not going to have the love for others. And God wants us to have this love. So we ask the question, do you love the lost? Do you love those who disagree with you? Do you love those who hate you? Do you love those who are trying to destroy you? Do you love people? As God loves them. You know, love, deep love. That's what comes from God. So when you walk under the sun's beam and you soak him all in, you should radiate faith, hope, and love as Moses did when he came down from the mountain from being in the presence of God. You Are, are you radiating his um, love? Are you rating his hope? Are you rating even faith for him? That's the questions we have to ask. God wants us to shine for him. And as we walk in his glory. Amen. And God bless you.